Welcome to Trusting the Truth with Samuel Tolley, where we view the world through the lens of Jesus Christ. We do not view Jesus Christ through the lens of the world. How you doing? This is Samuel Tolley, Trusting the Truth. Today's topic, Black Democrats can't handle the truth. And if you're a Black Democrat and you pop in and start watching this, I encourage you to stay. I encourage you to stay and to show me, take notes or whatever, and show me where I'm wrong. Matter of fact, I encourage you to look at any of my other um, videos or live streams and show me where I made a mistake. Show me if I'm off base. Because I see, the thing about me is I, I, I don't want to be off base. I don't want to make a mistake. You know, and I'm man enough to acknowledge when I'm wrong because it's more important for me to be right than to just go along, to get along. But sometimes the truth is painful. And in my opinion, it is too painful for Black Democrats. You know, so most of the time they just avoid it. They, they like to stick to what they've been taught, that the Democrat Party is their benefactor. And I think pride has a lot to do with it. No one wants to find out that they've been bamboozled or hosed or lied to. But then again, that pride can convince you that, well, since my mother was a Democrat, my daddy was a Democrat, all my family are Democrats, everybody I know is Democrats, is Black. And Democrats have been our friend. Democrats are for us. So I'm a Democrat. Without ever examining the party that you follow. <clears throat> Some people think automatically, oh, he wants me to be a Republican. Not necessarily. I want you to have your eyes open. I want you to be able to discern deception from truth. I want you to be able to make an informed decision, not one that's been placed upon you and you are expected to go along with it. That's what I want. I want you to understand that, yes, in my opinion, the, the Democratic Party is not the black man's benefactor. In fact, the Democratic Party, in my opinion, is our sworn enemy and always has been. And anyone that will take the time to do the research, they don't have to look at anything I produce or anything anybody else produce. With the internet alone, let alone go to the library, you can find out. I found out before there was an internet. I was challenged. I was challenged because of my decision to try to be a faithful servant of Jesus Christ. And the more I dug into the Bible, the more I dug into his word and understanding what his word said and understanding that he called me to righteousness, to holiness. He called me to obey his commandments. I found myself adverse to the Democrat Party's philosophy. And I had to find out why, because I was told all my life. There's a Democratic Party for black people and that the Republican Party was racist and evil and all this other stuff. But when I started digging, 
I started finding out a lot of things um, that I wasn't taught, that was kept secret. I'm not going to get into all that stuff tonight. I'm going to get into a few things. But as a Democrat, I have to ask you people, particularly Democrats that say they're Christians. I know that the Democrat Party claims they care about you. But if you look at their philosophy, if you look at the things they stand for, they're adverse to you. I mean, the Democratic Party is busy right now in the year 2023 endorsing, promoting debauchery. I mean, whether you're black, white, or polka dot, you know, if you're a Christian, you have to be concerned. Because if you're a Christian, uh, <clears throat> whether it's mother or father or anybody else, has to be subordinate to your relationship to Jesus Christ. I'm going to show you a short clip, about 45 seconds of this, this tranny person. And this person... I believe. Um, and it's a very short clip, so you got to pay attention. I think that he is representative of some of the new attitude that's coming out from these people. Maybe it's not a new attitude. Maybe they've had this attitude all along. Maybe that was the attitude that this person that shot up that school in Tennessee has. But I'm starting to see more the base militancy from these people. I mean, think about it. Back in the 80s, when when before the, even the trans thing got out of whack, when we were just dealing with the LBG thing, uh, those people said they just wanted to get out the closet. They just wanted to live a life. They didn't want to bother nobody. Now we've gotten all the way 180 degrees where we are being told we have to accept stuff things that we wouldn't accept. Now, I haven't had a beer since 1988, but I see that some people are waking up after this, what, uh, Daylon, I think how you pronounce his name, Mulvaney or whatever, this guy's name. But they got this guy dressing up as a woman and they put him on a beer can. I think finally society the normal folks, and I say they're normal because God only made two genders, a man and a woman, are starting to wake up. And then he also put this guy in a woman's sports bra, and he doesn't have breasts. And even if he did, he's not a woman. And I'm starting to finally see women, praise the Lord, standing up against this stuff. And these people, they see what's happening, and they're starting to get more militant. Watch this for a second. 200 anti-trans bills are being presented nationwide right now in America with one of the most horrific laws just going into effect in Utah, detransitioning all trans non-binary people under the age of 18. I can't even imagine what they're going through right now. And I'm sorry that you have to go through it if you're there. We need to stick together more than ever now. We don't need thoughts and prayers. We need action. Revolution. We need to stop living off a damn system that was made so many decades ago. 
and only benefits one group of people in this country. We're here, we're queer, we're not going anywhere. See that? He's talking in code, but he's talking about Christians living off this system that only benefits one group. This grown man, this big dude with his lipstick on and his eyeliners and his weird hair and stuff, threatening. I, I, I've said it, I've said it uh, repeatedly that Christianity is in a war against the LBGTQ plus people. I made a recent video where I said that Christians can, you know, we, we will not be, we can, we will never be able to reconcile with transgenderism ever because we represent the Imago Dei, the image of God, the way God uh, stated we should be. And that's just the way we came out of the womb. These people are defiling that image. And the Democrat Party is endorsing that image. The Democrat Party is promoting that image. The Democrat Party, their leadership, Joe Biden, sit over here and said that, do you think an eight-year-old child, I think he said eight-year-old child, wants to be gay? That's the way they came. And these people are promoting castrating little boys, double mastectomies of little girls. I gave you that information last week on some of this stuff. Now, anyone that has raised children and they are not psychotic or gone in the head knows full well that kids are stupid simply because they're kids. When I was a kid, I was very stupid. You know, you're a kid. You're not expected to know things. That's what parents are for. You know, you don't let little Johnny run out in the middle of the street because he thinks it's a good thing because, you know, Johnny can get hit by a car. If John, little Johnny would say, you know what? I think it's better that I can play out in the street. Let me play out in the street. What parents are going to say, okay, Johnny, go ahead and play out in the street. Even when I was 10 or 11 and the, the kids around the block, we used to play out in the street. Our parents really didn't want us to play out in the street, but then they realized that we at least had enough sense then to look out for the cars. But little kids, they don't have any sense. But the Democrat Party wants to promote that. But the Democrat Party wants to promote all kinds of things that are antithetical to normal people. And they really promote things that are antithetical to blacks. They always have, and they always will. And too many black folks are ignoring it. And I try to remind us over and over again, the Democrat party loves to kill babies in the womb. You know, back in the ancient times of Israel, when they were, God took them out of Egypt and was taken to the promised land. Some of the people that they went to did all kinds of barbarous things. And when God told them to take over that land, he said to get rid of everybody. 
Because if you didn't, you start doing the same things they were doing. And, and, and some of us, oh, this guy, he was horrible. He's not the loving God that Jesus is. The God of the Old Testament was a monster. The God of the New Testament, he's love. Because they, but these people don't read the Bible because it says in, in John chapter one, in the beginning was the word and the words was with God and the word was God. And down in verse 14, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus was there in the beginning with the father. And what happened with these um, Jews, they started taking up some of the customs that God told them that they would take up if they did not get rid of all those people. And one of the customs was they had this guy named Moloch. And they made a big iron idol. And in the middle of this idol was a pit that they created, that they put coals or whatever, but a fire pit. And the people that worship Moloch, what they would do is they would place their firstborn into the fire as a sacrifice to Moloch. And if they showed any remorse or anything, it would void the sacrifice. So they would place their firstborn into the sacrifice to appease this God. This God, the God of the Bible said, he never told us to do anything like that. Well, we have a present day Moloch kind of thing going along with abortion. We just don't, we just put them in the pit after they're already dead, after we scraped them out the womb and then they burn them up. And the Democrat party loves to kill babies. And of all the babies they love to kill the most are black babies. Take a look at this. If I can get to the right one, I want to stay in my thing. Take a look. What would you say is now the number one cause of death in the African-American community? Heart disease. Oh, HIV AIDS. Uh, diabetes. Cancer. Uh, AIDS. I'll say heart disease. AIDS. From what I heard, it's probably AIDS, you know. Probably heart disease. Um, I think heart disease. Uh, HIV, no. Gang violence. What if I told you the real answer was abortion? Uh, uh. Since 1973, legal abortion has killed more African Americans than AIDS, cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and violent crime combined. Every week, more blacks die in American abortion clinics than were killed in the entire Vietnam War. And the largest chain of abortion clinics in the United States is operated by Planned Parenthood. We have now reached a point in this country that African-American women, though they make up 12% of the population, 
they account for 37 percent of the abortions. An African-American baby is almost five times more likely to be aborted than a white child. The abortion industry at this point kills as many African-American people every four days as the Klan killed in 150 years. And you can truly say the most dangerous place for an African-American to be is in the womb of their African-American mother. All across America, you can stand outside of the abortion clinics and see a steady stream of black women coming in and out. But somewhere along the way, we got the idea that this is a white issue or a conservative issue or a Republican issue, and therefore, it's not an issue that we have to be concerned about. This same attitude has allowed Planned Parenthood and other members of the abortion industry to carry out this genocide right under our very noses. Right now, in America, about half of our babies are being killed in the womb. And in certain parts of America, more of our babies are being aborted than are being born. That clip was from a documentary called Maafa 21. It was made in 2009. I have another clip from that same documentary. Now, Maafa, M-A-A-F-A, number 21. Right now, it's, it's available. You can watch the whole thing on YouTube. The whole thing. You know, actually, when I, you know, I, I purchased the DVD when it first came out. And I tried to tell all my liberal friends, you need to watch this. You need to watch this. Hold on. Here we go. Mafia 21. This is it right here. I told him, you need to watch this. You need to see this. The, 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 the information on here, they go all the way back from the end of slavery up until that point, showing that black people were a commodity, just like butter or cattle or anything else. As far as in the slave ship, they were a commodity. And once that commodity was no longer viable, then they were expendable. They were a commodity for the Democrat Party. And unfortunately, many black people don't even realize that the Democrat Party was the party of slavery. Like I've said many times, that was the party of slavery. I grew up at a time where we were bamboozled and fooled and were had believed that it was a Republican Party that was a party of slavery and Jim Crow. All you have to do is go look at a legitimate history book and you can know the truth. And then later on, the Democrats did what they always do, lie. Oh, yes, we were the party, but we changed. Now, you would think that, number one, if the Republicans were not the party of slavery and Jim Crow, and they were the party of Lincoln, and then they had a civil war where a combined total of over 600,000 men died and the Republicans won and slavery was, 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 was killed, the Emancipation Proclamation and the 15th Amendment, why would the Republicans switch sides with the Democrats? It, it, it makes no sense. And 
recently we had about a year or so ago where they were tearing down all these statues you know now they got christopher columbus they were tearing down all these statues and in these southern states and uh about you know jefferson davis and stonewall jackson and robert e lee and all this stuff and i was fully against it i still am fully against it oh we, we want to get rid of this well think about it when i grew up in the 60s they had us bamboozled thinking that the republicans were the party of slavery now we can get to the point it wants you, but the evidence was there. The statues were there, all the monuments to uh, the good, the bad, or whatever. But when you destroy the monuments, when you destroy those statues of those Confederates, then you take away a lot of the evidence. And I believe that we should preserve the evidence, the good, the bad, and the ugly, all of it, whether it's favorable for the sides that I believe in or not. So the Democrat and the Planned Parenthood, you know, they were working hand in hand, and they still are. There's another aspect that is so sinister. You know, I, I, I stated um, that in a post recently, Matter of fact, it was a post I put out today. Let me read this post because it's significant to where I'm uh, talking about. I said, black Democrats would rather die believing a lie instead of honestly seeking the truth. I know this to be true because once the truth about the Democrat Party is known, it is impossible to stay in it unless you benefit from feeding off your own people. And I believe that to be the case. And Obama, the icon for so many black Democrats, you know, he became the first quote unquote black president. Well, he was half black. He was half black, he was half white. And from what I can tell, I don't never recall him living as a black man, except for maybe that short time he lived in Chicago to present himself and to, to, to pump himself up for elected office. He became a state senator, a state senator, by the way, that believed that if a child was aborted and the child survived, we should just let it sit in a closet and die. And black people, by and large, that Jim said we're about 13% of the population. That's what we're about, which means the women are about 6%, about half of it. But we make up about 35 to 37% of the abortions. But black people like Obama, they're all for it or for it. This man who claimed that he believed in marriage between a man and a woman before he became president that ultimately is responsible for the destruction of marriage in America. Now, I never thought that this man was right, but I had a friend that when Obama was elected cried because he said, and he's, he's passed now. He said that I didn't think that I would see a man that looks like me become president before I die. Well, I guess he did. If look like him means pigmentation. But was it worth it? 
I want to show you a small clip of the blasphemy Obama made. The blasphemy in a Planned Parenthood speech. Here he was standing in a building that supports the killing of babies. The man claimed to be a Christian at one time. I don't, he probably still claims it. We have many of those people running around here. He's standing in a place that, that supports the killing of the unborn, of, of which black babies are the higher percentage killed. And while he's in this place, he tells these people, Planned Parenthood, God bless you. I wonder if he was really talking about Moloch, because he couldn't be talking about the God of the Bible. This is a very short clip. This one's only about 21 seconds. So pay attention to your past president. As long as we've got a fight to make sure women have access to quality, affordable health care, and as long as we've got to fight to protect a woman's right to make her own choices about her own health, I want you to know that you've also got a president who's going to be right there with you, fighting every step of the way. Thank you, Planned Parenthood. God bless you. God bless America. Thank you. That is pure blasphemy. Pure blasphemy. I mean, he couldn't have did any better if he had horns on his head. And all these black Democrats that I know look him up as like he's something fantastic. And it's all based on pigmentation because he didn't do anything beneficial to black folks when he was in office. Unless, of course, you were a black LBGTQ plus person. Then he did a lot for you. He destroyed marriage in the United States. Marriage has been sacred. This country was built on a Judeo-Christian foundation. This country was blessed by God. And that man destroyed the first institution God created when he made man in this nation. He's responsible for that. The, the Supreme Court would have never been able to do it if he would not have stopped supporting the Defense of Marriage Act, which, by the way, was put in place when um, Clinton, another Democrat, was in office. So Obama, who was all for Planned Parenthood, he made that statement. Now, let me show you just how sinister Planned Parenthood is, or at least was, when this documentary was made. Here's another clip from Maafa 21 showing you how Planned Parenthood was eager to accept money from people that wanted it specifically targeted to kill black babies. Look at this. Uh, let me get the right one here. In 2007, live-action films of California conducted an undercover investigation of Planned Parenthood offices in several states. Under the direction of the organization's president, Lila Rose, 
The goal of the project was to determine whether Planned Parenthood officials would accept financial donations on the condition that the money would only be used to eliminate African Americans. The following clips are from the actual recordings of those conversations. When I underwrite abortion, does that apply to minorities too? If you specifically want it to underwrite an abortion for a minority person, you can target it that way. You can you can specify that that's how you want it spent. Okay, yeah, because there's so I de there's definitely way too many black people in Ohio, so I'm just trying to do my part. Okay, whatever. Well, blacks especially need abortions too, so that's what I'm trying to do. Well, for whatever reason, we'll accept the money. So. So the abortion could could be, you know, I could give money specifically for a, a black baby. That would that be the purpose. Yeah, absolutely. Um, if you wanted to designate that you wanted your gift to be used to help an African-American woman in need, mm -hmm. um, then we would certainly uh, make sure that that gift was earmarked specifically for that purpose. Great, because, because I really face trouble with affirmative action, and I don't want my kids being disadvantaged, you know, against um, black kids. I just had a baby. I want to put it in his name, you know. Mm -hmm. um, you know so that's, that's definitely yeah. possible. Oh, always, always. So could, would it be possible for me to, to donate that money specifically for these these minority groups so that they could have access to abortions? Yes, it would be. Wonderful. And could I specify that abortion be done, or those abortions be done for a particular minority group, or how does that work? If you wish, you can. Okay. So, so for example, the black community in Tulsa, because I have connections with that, would it be possible to, to give the money specifically for that? You sure can. Wonderful. Great. Uh, so can I give you my credit card number? Yes. Wonderful. Uh, j just one more thing. The, the, abortion, the, the abortions will be done specifically for, for uh, uh, the black community abortions. I can. I will mark it in such a way that definitely it will. Oh, great. On a black baby. Yes. Thank you. Great. The exact amount we charge right now is $450 for an abortion. Okay, $450. Mm -hmm. And um, we can definitely designate it for an African-American. Wonderful. Um, yeah. Um, okay, and if I want to make, um, to fund, because, you know, this is, this is a, um, if I wanted to help fund multiple um, abortions, could you also specify that this could be done for um, a specific group? Mm -hmm. um, well, I'm really excited, you know, because I really faced trouble with affirmative action. I don't want my kids to be um, uh, disadvantaged, um, you know, yeah. against against um, against blacks with, in college and and other bless um, less blacks out there, the better. So. Yeah, yeah, it's a strange time for sure. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Uh, well, thank you very much, Jeremy. And if you have any questions. Please feel free to give me a call. My extension is 304. When this material was released to the public, Planned Parenthood's defense was to claim that the employees who made these statements were not reflecting the organization's corporate position. But in 1986, Planned Parenthood's national president, Faye Waddleton, made the following statement during an interview on CNN. As a matter of fact, Mr. Dorn, and if I may finish, we have received contributions from people who want us, who want to support us because they want all welfare mothers and all black women to stop having children. What Ms. Waddleton was conceding in this CNN interview and what live action films found in their undercover investigation was acknowledged years before by a previous Planned Parenthood president. 
During a speech in Philadelphia in January 1966, Planned Parenthood President Alan Guttmacher stated that some of his colleagues appeared to have racial motives for their involvement with the organization. Not surprisingly, one of Guttmacher's acquaintances later warned him that in the future, he should not be making comments like that in public. The person who gave that warning obviously understood that Planned Parenthood's racial agendas and attitudes are best kept out of the public. And that has been a philosophy that Planned Parenthood has embraced for many years. To this day, Planned Parenthood has never disavowed either Margaret Sanger or her plans for targeted population control. In fact, the organization's highest award is still named after her and has often been given to people associated with the American eugenics movement, including John D. Rockefeller in 1967. Then in 2009, the award was given to Hillary Clinton, who said in her acceptance speech that she was in awe of Margaret Sanger and admired her vision. She also announced that the U.S. government was increasing its funding for United Nations family planning programs by 130 percent. You know, um, I think the the people that made this documentary were nervous because they, they, they indicated that Rockefeller received the award in 1967. But the award just started in 1966. And one of the first recipients of that award was Martin Luther King Jr. And I think they didn't want to put that out there because they were afraid that since he's held as such an icon to Americans in general and black people in particular, that they didn't want to touch that. Well, I haven't been afraid to touch that. I did a whole series on Martin Luther King Jr. and whether he's a Christian or not. And I based that series on his own writings. And you can look it up, it's available. And I challenge anybody, I said, look, if you can prove me wrong on this, show me. Because based on his own writings, he did not believe in the virgin birth. He did not believe in the sonship of Jesus Christ. He did not believe in the bodily resurrection of Jesus Christ. He believed in some kind of social gospel. And I did not even get involved with any of his uh, personal activities outside of his theological work, which I may do in the future. But the fact of it is, he was not the man that people think he was. But getting back to the topic at hand, I did a specific research on New York City some time ago. And do you know from the year 2000 to 2019, there were more black abortions in New York City than any other race each and every year? What is even more alarming that from the year 2000 up until 2000 through 2015, there were more abortions of black babies in New York City than there were black births in New York City. Each and every year. And, I mean, think about that. I, I had plenty more statistics on that. I didn't even know I was going to bring this up. I just thought about it when I put that clip in there. I did, a, I did a, a, a show on that as well because I want people to wake up. 
And I want black people to wake up and see the Democrat Party, Planned Parenthood, all these folks are not your friends. You know, why are blacks in the bottom of the social economic ladder and they've been that way since the 60s? It's because of our marriage and dedication and loyalty to the philosophies and ideas of the Democrat Party. And Johnson's Great Society helped destroy the black family. Black people were better off during the Jim Crow era prior to the Civil Rights Movement than they are now. Prior to that, uh, the two-party, or the male and female, I don't want to say party, family. Prior to 1965, it was less than 25% were a single parent household. Less than that. But then uh, Daniel Patrick Moynihan looked at the situation with the black family and he's seen an approaching 25% of single family a uh, single parent household, and he declared that there's going to be a big problem. We need to deal with this. But he was eviscerated for it. And now we're up to 72%. But I want to move on. I want to uh, show you another thing where the Democrat Party, this right here, show you what they really think about the black man, the black male. And with all this feminization crap going on, plus the destruction of the family and the neglect of the church to stand strong, the black man is in danger. Look at this. And this was also a Martha 21. I warn you, you might not want your children to see this. Give me a second here. I'm going to get it. Um, here we go. Despite having made over $60 million in profit, Planned Parenthood received about $350 million from the U.S. government. And in 2009, Planned Parenthood will receive approximately $1 million every single day from the American taxpayer. That's $1 million every 24 hours. That comes directly out of your paycheck and mine. Now, what you may find interesting is how your money is being spent. To give you just one example, we're going to show you part of a website that Planned Parenthood launched in 2008 called TakeCareDownThere.com. The clip is titled, I Didn't Spew. And I warn you, many of you are going to find it highly offensive. And you're going to find it especially inappropriate for children, despite the fact that is exactly who Planned Parenthood created it for. As you watch this piece, remember, you helped pay for it. Whoa, guy, where's the prophylactic? What do you mean? Look, oral sex is still sex, okay? If it's unprotected, you gotta reject it. What? What? But I didn't even spew. Guys, guys, doesn't matter. Look, if you're having sex or you're getting some blowjays or whatever, you need to use a condom. Because you could catch a sexually transmitted infection, even if you don't spew.
Now, does this clip say anything about how Planned Parenthood sees African Americans? You'll have to judge that for yourself. But there's no doubt that if this same video had been made by a bunch of white supremacists or the Ku Klux Klan or some neo-Nazi group, we would all understand the symbolic message behind it. Disgusting. So Planned Parenthood, because the Democrats demand that we give these folks money, I know they get at least a half a million dollars, no, excuse me, a half a billion dollars a year, over $500 million each year from the United States government, taxpayer money, money that you pay. And if you're a black man in America, they just shredded you and your prodigy. They just sit over here and made this show this black person, number one, being subordinate, number two, being a sodomite, and they're showing this to children. This was, like I said, done in 2009. This is way before we then got to where we are now. But you got these black Democrats that can't handle the truth. They don't want to see the truth. They want to walk around with blinders and act like everything is, is hunky-dory and then get mad at people like me for trying to point it out. Well, I'm going to keep pointing it out. People like me are going to keep pointing it out because we need to know the truth. We need to protect our children and they need to know the truth. Now, let's, let's, let's fast forward to right now. There was a hearing, I believe it was yesterday or day before, in New York City about crime. And, you know, I've made a statement many years ago that the most racist people I know are black. And those black people are Democrats. And you're going to see a clip, and you're going to hear part of this clip, this Hank Johnson. I guess he's a congressperson from Georgia. This is a clip in by New York City about crime, about people whose children were murdered, families who were who, who suffered. Yet these the Democrats in here, all they want to talk about is Donald Trump. Donald Trump had nothing to do with the crime in there. They want to deflect and instead of deal with what was happening there, they want to keep everybody's focus on the hatred they've bestowed on Trump and want everybody to see. They've been stolen since 2016. Let's take a look at this. Right now, the mother of Sergeant Hassan Correa joins us, Madeline Brame, the chairwoman of the Victims' Rights Reform Council. Great of you to be here. Thank you so much. One of the individuals who killed your son is already out on the street. Yes. What about your reception today? Well, um, today was an example, and now I understand better why uh, Washington and why the country is so dysfunctional, because of the um, complete division, literally, all right, divided down the middle, cannot agree on anything. One side deflecting and blaming the other side trying to be reasonable and common sense and focus, all right? Um, and the other side is um, being insulting, okay, being rude, being condescending, you know, patronizing the uh, the victims, you know, like if we are uh, 
don't know what's really going on. Uh, I felt insulted, actually. You know, my intelligence was insulted by, uh, what's his name, Goldman? Well, let, yeah. The, I don't think the audience will believe Madeline, the way okay. that you were spoken to. Yeah. So let them hear some yes. of what was uh -huh. said to you today. Yes. Listen uh -huh. to this. Ms. Graham, you uh, failed to note that as a result of D.A. Bragg's prosecution, two men are currently serving life sentences for the murder of your son. I fear that you are being used for a political purpose despite your, your sincerity. This is a sham hearing. It's not about crime in New York. Republican witnesses who have used their time to criticize District Attorney Bragg have served as props in a MAGA Broadway production. Your experiences are devastating. But the problem is, is that this is a charade to cover up for an abuse of power Can in I respond New York City. You, no, not right now, because I only have 20 seconds. Uh, a lady from New York, Ms. Devonick, is recognized for five minutes. Mm -hmm. As a native New Yorker born and bred, uh, I think it's important to note that many of the Democrats on this committee have smeared brave victims and fellow New Yorkers here today, calling them props, a circus, a performance, MAGA Broadway pops, and an underlying sham. What have Republicans focused on? We've focused on giving victims a voice. We've focused on crimes. We've focused on your story as a father, visiting your son at the hospital, seeing his face beaten in with an anti-Semitic hate crime. We're focused, Ms. Brame, on your story as a mother, grieving the loss, rightfully grieving the loss, and advocating on behalf of your son and his legacy. Ms. Harrison, we heard your story about losing your loved one. And Mr. Alba, we heard your story just the personal challenges you've faced dealing with the consequences of the vicious crime committed, perpetrated against you. And in addition to House Democrats belittling the victims here today, Democrats have politicized this hearing, mentioning Donald Trump 38 times. That number for Republicans is zero. We are focused on victims and making sure that we support law and order in this country. There is a catastrophic crime crisis across America, specifically in our great cities and great cities like New York. New Yorkers know it. Americans know it. And while Democrats on this committee may claim that New York is not the epicenter, look no further than the last November election where we flipped four congressional seats delivering the House majority. What was the number one issue? It was crime because voters are smart, the people are smart. Mr. DiGiacomo, as a member, as a longtime member of law enforcement, I wanted to get your testimony today. How long have you served in law enforcement? Uh, approximately 40 years. And in those 40 years, would you say the crime crisis today is worse than you've ever seen it? That's correct. Crime is up. Is it fair to say that it is a result of failed bail reform policies in Albany and Alvin Bragg's day one memo? 100%. And here are some important numbers. In 2022, District Attorney Bragg's first year as DA, New York City saw a 23% surge in major crimes. Is that true? That's correct. From 2019 to 2022, murders are up 93%. That's correct. From 2019 to 2022, robberies are up 43%. Correct. Felony assaults are up 32%. Correct. And it's fair to say that law enforcement strongly opposed Bragg's day one memo and failed bail reform policies in Albany. 100%. Mr. Giacomo, in fact, you have said, quote, Bragg gives criminals the roadmap to freedom from prosecution and control of our streets. In Bragg's Manhattan, you can arrest, deal drugs, obstruct arrests, and even carry a gun to get away with it. Can you please expound about why law enforcement opposes Alvin Bragg's day one policy and opposes failed bail reform? 
Well, because, again, uh, every time a detective or a police officer uh, puts himself in or herself in harm's way, arresting a felon or anyone for any crime, uh, they're released immediately with no consequences. You know, in New York City or the state of New York, like in many, like L.A. and many of these other areas, the Democrats run. They, they, they went into this defund the police mode after George Floyd was murdered. Now, what happened to George Floyd was bad, but defunding the police, any person with any logic and common sense going to know that, number one, rich people do not live in bad neighborhoods because they can afford not to live in bad neighborhoods. They're going to live in good neighborhoods. They're going to live in gated communities. They're going to live in neighborhoods with low crime. So if you defund the police because some white policeman killed a black man, who's going to suffer? The poor people in the bad neighborhoods or the lower income neighborhoods. And that's exactly what's happening. Not only that, these folks went so far as in New York that no bail arrests. They called it equity. Oh, you know, rich people, you know, they can get themselves bailed out. So here you are. You got these criminals that are a revolving door. They'll do a crime. They'll get processed, you know, arrested, processed, and then let loose and do more crime. Who's suffering? The poor people. Again. So Democrats sit around here, claim they care about the poor, but they don't. The only thing they want to do is take away our guns. And if they take away our guns, then we have nothing. Now, in places like New York and Chicago, uh, you have these strict gun laws. Look how they're going. Look at the folks in Chicago. They're acting like monsters over there. These, these, these unruly kids with these dead schools. And now you got this new mayor that's going to take over for a life. But that's, that's, that's still not talking about doing anything. You have to get a rest of the situation. But my focus today is on New York. Since the, they, uh, Hank uh, Johnson, all these folks were over there talking about New York, I want to show you how bad New York is. I'm going to show you New York is so bad that the police aren't even protected. Take a look at New York. Shocking video an NYPD officer assaulted in the Bronx yesterday afternoon, hit in the head with a bottle in the Kingsbridge section. The officer was conducting a smoke shop inspection when the suspect, 45 year old Jose Garcia, walked up behind her and hit her in the back of the head with the bottle. He was quickly arrested. Garcia is charged now with a series of crimes, including assault. New video this morning of the suspects wanted in connection with the brutal beating of a bodega owner in Coney Island. The assault happening Saturday. It's now being investigated as a hate crime. Authorities say the men were yelling racial slurs during the violence. Jamal Sawaid was working behind the counter at the store on Mermaid Avenue when he was attacked. One of the men repeatedly pounding his head and his face using a metal rod. We are going to begin this evening with a vicious attack that again raises questions about the criminal justice system. A woman on her way to work at Kennedy Airport was pummeled to the ground, punched and then kicked at the air train station in Howard Beach. This video is from security cameras at that station. Police did make an arrest and it turns out the suspect has a long history of attacking people. The victim spoke exclusively to Eyewitness News reporter N.J. Burkett. Do you know how scared I am now? I was never a person to be scared. 
Elizabeth Gomes was beaten so badly, she stands to lose the vision in her right eye. Her head throbs with pain, and she's barely slept in a week. Not since she was attacked in the Howard Beach Air Train Station six days ago. I can't see anything on my right side, honestly. And it just hurts. Elizabeth was on her way to work at JFK. She had just gotten off the A train and was headed up the stairs to the air train platform when she was attacked from behind. Smashed in the head with a bottle and she never saw it coming. In the MTA's surveillance video, Elizabeth is dragged across the concourse and slammed headlong into a wall. She is punched mercilessly and kicked repeatedly. When a man tries to intervene, he is chased away before the suspect turns back to Elizabeth and kicks her five times before he calmly walks away into the transit system. She says he was muttering incoherently about Satan in the moments before the attack. He's talking about the devil. He's talking about a whole bunch of nonsense. Her husband is heartbroken and furious. Man, I watch a video and I tear my heart out. Do you hear me? The suspect was later arrested, identified by police as 41-year-old Wahid Foster. In 1995, law enforcement sources say Foster was arrested for murdering his 82-year-old foster grandmother in a brutal beating at the age of 14. Six years later, he was arrested for stabbing his 21-year-old sister with a screwdriver. And in 2010, arrested for attacking three workers at the Creedmoor Psychiatric Center, where he was an inpatient. He was on parole at the time of last week's attack. It happened at 5.15 a.m. And Elizabeth says there were no police officers anywhere in the station. No one to prevent the attack. And no one on the scene to respond to it. Every day is an incident in the subway. What happened to all these police officers? They said they will have there to protect us, to be there. There's like nobody to be found. I, I don't understand. Horrible. It's just absolutely horrible. This man beat the hell out of this woman. There's nobody, and that guy just ran away. I mean, he could have threw his backpack. He could have, he could have deflected, he could have did something. But like she said, there was no police in the station. And this crazy man, what he murdered his grandmother at 14, stabbed his sister with a screwdriver, uh, what about six years later, and then he attacked three uh workers when he was in a psychiatric hospital and now he was out on parole and 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 the fact that it is now you know i guess unless you murder somebody in new york city uh you have a no bail thing you just go rob a bank and they let your butt out you can steal a car and rob another bank you can do anything you want to do you think i mean the criminals are evil but they're not completely stupid they can see it's 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 go for it why do you think all them folks in Chicago is jumping on buses and, and ransacking um, the department stores and 7-Elevens and liquor stores and stuff? Because they know they can get away with it. Now, if some owner shoots one of them, then they're going to arrest the owner. But see, in Portland, uh, they, they've closed down the Walmarts. I think Cracker Barrel is closing down in Portland. Uh, and a lot of these cities... These businesses are leaving. If the businesses leave and the citizens leave, where's the tax revenue going to come from? It ain't going to come from anything. So they're going to have to cut more services. They're going to cut police. They're going to cut even more stuff. The citizens are going to suffer. And that's predominantly 
in these Democrat-run hellholes, these Soros attorneys like this guy Bragg. He he ran on the premise of getting Donald Trump. He didn't run on the premise that Donald Trump did something that he's going to get him. He ran on the premise of getting him. Our legal system is not supposed to be about I don't like you, so I'm going to go ahead and find something on you to get you in jail. Our legal system is supposed to be there was a crime, and now we're going to try to deal with the perpetrator of the crime. But these folks are getting away with everything in cities like New York because the Democrats don't care. And the big problem is these Democrat voters that keep voting for folks that don't care about them. You guys need to stop. You need to stop. You need to get away. You need to get rid of folks. You need to put people in there that are going to uphold the law for everyone. I mean, you could just look at the situation right now as far as the Democrats and law is concerned. Joe Biden, there's all this evidence that came out about him and Hunter and China and Ukraine and millions of dollars. And what is the attorney general doing? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. And they let millions of people come across the border. Who is that going to affect the most? It's going to affect the poor. Because like I said, the rich people, they got their gated communities. The ones that even say that we don't believe in guns. They got their armed guards. They can sit over there and talk crazy. The shares and the whoopies and all these folks can talk all that crap because they don't have to live with it. It's the normal everyday citizen that's got to put up with that stuff. So if you don't want to put up with this stuff anymore, you need to take a stand and stand against it. You need to wake up, get rid of these folks, start paying attention to what's going on, and be smart and not stupid. And that starts with these black Democrats. They need to let pride go. Forget the pride and start looking at situations realistically. Investigate. Do your own homework. I did mine. I left in the 80s. You need to leave now. This is Sam Tolley. And I'm out.